1: Right now, that time eight fourteen. You're tuned to WGNS on this Monday morning, today, the tenth of January, and in studio with us, I, Doctor, Doctor Craig McCabe. How are you this morning?
2: Hey, I am doing great. You know, let me just say, I finally got all my Christmas decorations put away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what about the uh, Christmas shopping? Did you finally get all that taken care of?
2: No, no, no. That's I still got. <laughs> You know, returns to Amazon. Thank goodness they give you till the end of the month, right? <laughs> but uh, still working on the returns, but got everything else done. And the snow is gone, right? It was good while it lasted. Everybody got a little bit of winter, and everybody's ready to be done with it now.
1: That's right. The roads <laughs> were pretty slick on Thursday and Friday.
2: I, You know, so we went to work both days. And uh, Thursday, I thought, 8 to 12... You know my car was all dusted off and by the time i got out at lunch there was four inches like an inch an hour then and so the roads were much worse than and you know i was i was one of those people and i apologize but i was one of those people that were griping that they weren't out with the snow plows they just sprayed that brine remember yep, yep. and it, it did nothing on thursday right but then overnight i guess or friday morning they were out with the plows and boy that really made a difference our roads were really good for the roads that were taken care of now if you're in a place that has no snow plow coverage on that then you're in tough shape
1: yeah a lot of sad streets were pretty pretty bad well i'd
2: say you know those neighborhoods where they don't get any snow plows or you know in the back roads i guess where they don't go that deep into but all the main roads were in good shape
1: you know you hear stories about snow blindness but we don't experience a lot of that here because we don't have enough snow obviously but on uh, on thursday it was so bright out there and if you took your eyes off the road if you were just you know barely trying to look right or left it the sun hitting that snow it it would temporarily blind you a little bit
2: yeah and even like being inside your house where normally your room's pretty dark, the light was covered in because it was reflected up off the snow. And so you're absolutely right. And <clears throat> if that's an issue, and many people have an issue with that, so that I'm glad you brought that up. So if you have an issue, and really it's glare, more than it is brightness, but it's it's both, but mostly it's glare, is polarized sunglasses, polarized all skiers, all quality uh, ski goggles are polarized. And all race drivers wear polarized glasses, all boaters wear polarized glasses because it cuts the glare and that light that kind of bounces up. And so if if that's an issue on those days, the polarized glasses definitely make a
1: difference. And the polarized glasses for fishermen, it's like you can see into the water instantly. It's pretty cool, you know, and I guess it's just because that sun glare is not there on top of the water when you wear the polarized glasses.
2: Yeah, so the way, if anyone was interested, and probably nobody is, but I'll go through it anyways. (laughs) But the way that polarization works is that... The material is organized in the glasses horizontally, and so no vertically oriented light, which is typically what happens from glare, can go through, but horizontally can. And so it reduces the glare, it reduces it, filters the total amount of light to some as well, but it filters the glare mostly and that's what allows you to see better and the reason why you can't see into water very well you know it has that I guess bright whitish sheen on it which is the glare and so once you remove that then you can see through into it and interestingly you'll see golfers take off their polarized glasses whenever they're putting They'll bring them up on top of their head. When they're hitting their driver and their irons, they leave them on. And the reason is that they need to read that sheen coming off the grass because that tells where the putt will go to or will roll faster. And so they never wear their polarized glasses when they're putting. But for glare, it's great. But they need that to read the green. So it just depends upon the application. And uh, otherwise, polarized glasses outside of those circumstances are not recommended. Because if you look at any kind of LCD, LED dials, they'll be hard to read. Threes will look like eights or vice versa. And uh, commonly you see that at the gas pump and other things like that. So maybe even in the dashboard of your car you know and if you wear polarized glasses you'll see the polarization in your windows it'll look like kind of fuzzy blue dots pretty cool yeah and so you're seeing the polarization there and your windshields are polarized because there's glare coming off the trunk hoods of the cars in front of you as well as sometimes the road surface so it's, it's great for some applications and not good for
1: others. Yeah. Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us. You know, just before Christmas, I heard a news story, uh, you know, it was about the different gifts people are giving this year. Hmm. And uh, one of those gifts, the idea of it was uh, sunglasses for those who are colorblind. And that was my first time to ever hear about it, although I'm sure it's been around for years. But what, do they really work?
2: So that's an interesting topic, and it's not so much sunglasses as it is lenses that filter certain wavelengths of light. So about one out of 20 males are red-green colorblind, which is called duochrome, two-color blindness. And then some are trichrome, which is probably one-tenth of those. Uh, which is the yellow-blue more colors that they have trouble with. And so they'll have trouble matching their ties. They'll have trouble matching their socks to their pants or socks to each other. And they often need someone else to help them with that. And they'll see those objects, but they'll kind of be in various shades of gray, if you will, rather than a color of red or green. And so if you can have a filter that helps exaggerate that gray spectrum you still wouldn't see red or green but you would be able to distinguish between those more easily and be able to match those up more easily
1: so they really work
2: and and so those filters yes depending upon the type of color blindness you have but if you have the most common one then yes and they are quite expensive but uh yes it can help those people good question
1: and you know it's interesting because you said about one in 20 men are colorblind which i had no clue about until i guess you know until you just brought it up but that's that's a fascinating statistic
2: yeah travels on that y chromosome and so uh if you have that and oftentimes it uh well not often but sometimes it can skip a generation kind of like baldness does with men but it travels in men because it's still uh, Y-linked on the chromosome so a uh, genetic cause for it it's nobody's fault it's nothing that your mom ate or drank or smoked <laughs> or anything <laughs> while she was pregnant it was it's on the chromosomes but uh, yes yeah. so that uh, is common now fortunately we have red and green stoplights but of course reds on top greens on bottom so a lot of cues they get just from the position of colors when they can't distinguish them as well
1: and i guess some folks may not realize they're colorblind until you know years later into early you know adulthood yeah it
2: just depends upon um how a particular your parents or your girlfriend uh, is and letting you know that that just doesn't match what do you think you're doing so that's usually how it first comes out
1: and then you got other issues like getting a pilot's license i understand that there's certain i guess levels of pilot licenses you can't achieve if you're colorblind and i had no clue about that
2: yeah now for uh more commonly for the uh, truck drivers and for the drivers of buses and limos that haul other people uh, theirs is merely their visual field which is being able to recognize things coming at them from the side as well as their visual acuity as you would see when you read those letters on an eye chart Uh, so to get that license you're fine but the pilot's licenses go a little further as well as uh, a physical exam
1: Uh, we have this text message here and by the way you can text us at 615-893-1450 again 615-893-1450 i don't know if this is referring to the uh, uh polarized glasses or not but it says I have refractive eye issues what can I do to improve these what what are refractive eye issues anyway I don't even know what that would be well
2: refraction is actually a physical property in optics for anyone that's taken their college physics uh, which is just the bending of light so whenever light goes through one medium into another for example those who Uh, bowfish or spearfish. If you're above the water and you're looking down the water at the fish, light then is going through water which has a different density and it refracts the light so it bends the light. So that fish is not where you see it. It is a few inches above or below the image that you're looking at. And so refraction is just the bending of light. Now people who are nearsighted light actually focuses past their Retina, so they need um, they need to have some uh, change in the lens so that it focuses on the retina, and the same thing with farsighted people, and in one clock hour or axis, the same thing with astigmatism. So you can have a refraction problem, whether you're nearsighted, farsighted, or have astigmatism, and so your choices for those, of course, are glasses. Or contacts, uh, or you may have a procedure to correct it. If you're younger, you can have LASIK. If you're over 50, you should not have LASIK. You should have the new high tech multifocal lens implants, and that way you'll be able to see in the distance and up close so it depends on your situation and we'd love to help anyone with refraction or any other eye problem just uh, make an appointment at our office and we'll be more than happy to try to do our best for you
1: and it's interesting again bringing up fishing for example uh you can really tell what eye issues you have when you're out there on the lake because having the polarized glasses or you know any of that stuff makes a huge difference and then you go to the colorblind issue it would be harder for someone who's colorblind to see into that murky green water i guess than somebody who's not right
2: well they can see other colors just fine and it's specifically the type of color they have so red and green or blue and yellow uh those are the most common with red and green being 10 times more common so it just depends upon the one that you have but you can see other colors and issue and uh shades of colors and movement and shapes and everything else so they could they could see the fish yeah yeah i'm well, sure there's some great colorblind fish
1: <laughs> time right now eight twenty seven. dr craig mccabe in studio with us this morning and this is a question that came up last time and again it came up again i have an astigmatism can i have some type of corrected eye surgery that will help out this problem
2: and the APSR is most likely. So there's two types of astigmatism, regular and irregular. And when you go to your eye doctor and they do power maps of your eyes, you look into machines that have computers and they compute out uh, the power map of your eye, if you will. And interestingly, 70% of the refracting or focusing power, of your eyes is on the front surface that tear film cornea interface that's where most of the refraction power of your eye is and so there's many procedures to help correct with that if you have a low amount of astigmatism besides glasses and contacts of course then you can have the lasik surgery like we talked about or you can have an in-office procedure which is called a corneal relaxing incision, or a CRI. The important thing is that when it's time for you to have your cataract surgery, that you have this discussion with your surgeon ahead of time about what type of lens implant you should get. Because not only do you want it to correct nearsightedness and farsightedness, but you want it to correct astigmatism. And that's what will give you the best distance vision. And then of course, if you want to have Intermediate distance, like stairs, steps, reading sales tags at stores, those are very important, right? Or reading, looking at your cell phone, reading texts and things like that, very important. Then you have to have a discussion with the surgeon about that type of lens implant you can get because there are different ones that provide you with different qualities to your vision for the rest of your life. And it's not like you can go back a year or two later and get it changed out for something better. That's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime decision. You want to do it then.
1: So for the patient, what kind of recovery is necessary after they get like a LASIK surgery done? What, how many days are they, you know, unable to see properly before that vision starts to clear up? All of that stuff.
2: So if you have uncomplicated standard LASIK surgery, uh, typically you can go back to work the next day after your visit now it's not gonna be perfect I would say take two days off that's what I would say and then by the third day you're pretty good but you just can't be rubbing your eyes and you got to use your eye drops the first day it's all glary blurry pretty much so count that out second day you go see the doctor for the follow-up you know clean things up around your house or something take it easy and then typically by the third day you're at full power for lasik surgery cataract surgery we tell people not to do any heavy lifting more than 10 pounds for one week and typically by the second or third day there you're in good shape too
1: so why no heavy lifting
2: so it's interesting let's go way back to when uh, grandma had cataract surgery let's say 30 years ago. Uh, First of all 30 years ago they weren't doing hardly any of the lens implants in your eyes it was just starting and a few years before that they used to have to make very large incisions where they would have to almost cut the cornea totally off the eye they would just leave a little hinge so back 40 years ago, people would have to spend a week or two in the hospital with sandbags on each side of their head. They couldn't get out of bed. They had to have a bedpan and it would stay like that for a week or two till it held down. And then the incisions got smaller to about six inches, six to, se- or six to seven millimeters. I'm sorry, six to seven millimeters. And then people had to have stitches in their corneas, but they could go home that day or the next day and then we got to three millimeter incisions because the equipment to remove the cataract got smaller and safer so with the three millimeter incisions oftentimes you don't have to have a suture sometimes (coughs) uh, but probably eighty percent of the time you didn't and now the incision that I make is 2.2 millimeters, just about the smallest one made. And that one probably, I don't know, 19 times out of 20 does not require a suture. And people can go about their business that same day. and go to Cracker Barrel, have some lunch, then go shopping at the Avenue. They can do whatever. that you can't lift more than that. And the reason is that whenever you lift anything heavy or you strain hard, what do you do with your face right you scrunch it up you make that sound like you're really trying to do something yeah. strong and heavy and it squeezes your eyeball and so now that we don't have sutures in them we want to be careful that you don't accidentally open up that small incision
1: you know it's interesting you were talking about going back 30 years that's only like what 1992 it's amazing the difference in technology surgery procedures medical you know information it's amazing how much stuff has changed over a fairly small window
2: oh my gosh Yeah. so technology is on an exponential curve not a linear uh, curve with a constant slope so for example I think in computer power maybe every 10 years it almost doubles That's wild. so yeah and so many things now are run by computers And what you're going to see this next five years in the United States is the advent of robots. And they're, you know, at the end of five years, they're going to be close to what we saw in sci fi movies five years ago. So these robots are going to have artificial intelligence. They're going to be able to learn on their own and get better and smarter, if you will, and more capable. Right now, they're still clumsy and coarse, but you're going to see them improve. And, uh, you know, these electric cars, they're really robots on wheels. And they're going to improve. Robots for our homes are going to improve. You're going to see them in more situations where, you know, gosh, I wish somebody else would mow the yard. Well, we're going to have robot lawnmowers. I wish somebody else, you know, that, you, know? you know, would, uh, you know, get me dinner, get me a beer out of the fridge, whatever it may be. And you're going to start seeing these things. And that's because of technology processing power and AI developing.
1: You know, speaking of cars and cars that drive themselves, all that stuff. Uh, Ford has a brand new truck that's going to be out fairly soon and it's interesting because it'll get 400 miles to the charge but yet it looks like an old 1960s truck it's really cool looking
2: yeah i think their first model out is not going to be that long range one it's the second model out that's supposed to be that little bit more expensive but yeah and they decided to go with the platform that we're not going to change much we're going to have it look just like a truck And that's going to give them immediate acceptance with those going from internal combustion engines to electric motors. And pretty much everybody that goes this way doesn't go back. It's like getting a microwave or a smartphone. You don't go back, right? And that's because it's an evolution. It's significantly better. Their trucks are going to be stronger, more powerful. They're going to be able to do more things than just drive you from place to place. And, uh, it's neat. You know, we're going, you know, we're kind of in the fledgling, you know, infancy of AI and computer power, where now it's really going to get more and more applicable. You know, it's not going to just be the Watson computer. It's going to be in your home. So, uh, great things coming and we'll see a little bit of that this year.
1: Dr. Craig McCabe with us this morning, local eye doctor here in town. Where can we find your office?
2: Well, you know, uh, Murfreesboro is the center of the state, right? And we're almost there in the center of the town, but we're right there at uh, Memorial Boulevard, just Um, One light from Northfield. You know, there's that 24-hour Walgreens. Most people know that. Thank goodness we have a 24-hour pharmacy. But we're a light up from that on Heritage Park Drive, uh, just next door to the SunTrust Bank off the corner. Uh, Look us up in the phone book. Give us a call. Look us up on any of the social medias. uh, Our website, mccabevisioncenter.com. You can learn all kinds of things about eyes and little neat 3-D videos that we have have there so um we'd love to help you with whatever it may be with your eyes
1: we're going to take a short break to check on the weather and the traffic and then we'll be right back and you can text us any questions you may have in regards to your eyes right now at 615-893-1450 again 615-893-1450 dr craig mccabe eye doctor in studio with us this morning see mostly sunny skies this afternoon with a high in the mid-40s, winds out of the northwest of five to ten miles per hour, tonight mostly clear, low near twenty-two. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojciecsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 23.
0: If I could talk to the animals.
1: Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. Whether you're a brand new hobbyist or have been into aquariums for a long time, we have all of the supplies to either get you started or keep you going. One of the best things about coming to Animal City is the knowledgeable and caring staff. We are here to help you with all your pet needs. When you stop in to see us at Animal City, make sure to explore all two stories of our wonderful pets and pet supplies.
3: Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. As
0: cold and flu season approaches, one of the best things that you can do to give somebody who is sick is a quart of Demas's Chicken and Rice Soup. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. This soup is my grandmother's recipe and we have used this soup in order to help our family whenever we are sick. Just gives us a good comfort feeling. One of the things that you can also do is you can now ship that soup anywhere across the United States, and you can order that soup online at DemasFamilyKitchen.com.
1: Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and
3: Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us, and that's our freedom and the right to live in this country, and we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made.
0: WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country.
1: We're talking with retired U.S. Army Master Sergeant Patrick Garland.
0: I spent 17 years in the military police corps. I wound up in forensic sciences. He's learned from the who's who in forensic science. I worked with Dr. Pierre Fink, and he was one of the pathologists who assisted in the autopsy of President Kennedy. I worked with at the Armed Forces Institute of Pathology. I studied gunshot wounds, and I was asked to examine the ball that was removed from President Lincoln's head and identify it as being the proper one. And I had to go to Ford Theater and look through all the medical reports.
1: Another case was much closer to home.
0: A grave had been tampered with in Franklin, and part of a body was found, and it was sent to Dr. Bass in Knoxville. His assumption at the beginning of the investigation was that this was a fresh body, and it turned out he was killed in the Battle of Franklin back in the Civil War, and he had been embalmed with arsenic at the time, and that was a good preservative. Dr. Bass said that he made a mistake by about 100 years on it.
1: A different veteran story from retired U.S. Army Master Sergeant Patrick Garland.
0: If you know a veteran you'd like to highlight, let WGNs know, and we'll honor them in our daily salute to veterans
1: restoration one of middle tennessee
3: a team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes.
1: after disaster strikes
3: fire water or storm damage we can help you get your life back to normal quickly
1: restoration one middle tennessee.com
3: locally and veteran owned
1: Good morning, interstate traffic still moving 24 up through the Hickory Hollow
0: area, 840, got some radar uh, spotted a little bit earlier through sections of Williamson County on 840 as you head over towards Franklin. Hey, PensacolaBeach.com has everything under the sun to help you plan out your next vacation. Log on today, PensacolaBeach.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Time right now,
1: 8.42, Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us this morning, talking about eyes and eye-related issues. He is a local eye doctor here in town. Again, Dr. Craig McCabe. I was looking at uh, where some of the folks were listening this morning online, and we've got some in Canada this morning, and then also quite a few, well, no, we got two uh, in the Middle East this morning, one in the UK as well.
2: Well, Canada certainly doesn't want to hear about us complaining about three or four days of snowy weather.
1: <laughs> neither, so neither,
2: neither does South Finland. <laughs> we're, we apologize for those listening in Canada.
1: So pretty wild. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah. we had a text message, and folks can text us at 615 615- eight nine three 1450 this person says they have issues with amblyopia, play and I'm, I'm probably not saying that right and i had to look up that word <coughs> to see what what in the world that meant but it's a big word for lazy eye
2: <laughs> <laughs> ah amblyopia
1: amblyopia amblyopia
2: okay. okay. all one word yes so and this is the year 2022 Uh, I'm sure for many things but one of them is to try to improve kids eye vision and so amblyopia is a problem with kids eye vision and a certain percentage maybe uh... two percent or more of children are born with what's called amblyopia or they will develop it within their first two years of age and you know this is a really difficult thing it used to be that we didn't detect it till kids were in school say six seven years old you know first second grade and it's where one eye doesn't see as well as the other and this is during the critical developmental phase in your body where the nerves are connecting from the eyes to the back of your brain the occipital cortex where the pictures actually formed You know, everything in your brain is kind of left to right, backwards, and up and down, upside down. So when we first see images, when we're first born looking up at our mom and dads, they're upside down to us Hmm. for the first couple of weeks. And then our brain learns that that's wrong and it flips it over and from then on the rest of your life you see things the right way and it's just how light goes through a lens in a camera and it's just an optical principle but our brain corrects that as well as it releases neurotransmitters that help the growth of axons from the eyeball to the back of the brain and when one eye has a blurrier image and the other eye has a clearer, sharper image, well then your brain knows to prefer to see the sharper, clearer one. And hence those neural connections are more numerous and stronger and more vigorous from the healthy, better seeing eye and from the eye that's blurred. And it can be blurred from many different things. Uh, refractive causes like we talked about nearsightedness, farsightedness, astigmatism, or it could have a, a congenital cataract. Yes, babies can be born with cataracts and other issues. But it knows it wants to see from the clearer eye, so it will prefer those connections, and those connections will be preferentially hardwired to the back of your brain. And after the age of six, seven, eight. There's no more hard wiring done. That's it for the rest of your life. So we have to correct the image to that blurred eye and children that have this, or they will not be able to see well out of that eye the rest of their life. That's amblyopia. Now, if the child, which is typical, can have a lazy eye where it's turned in or out, then it's obvious, right? One eye's turned in or out. But you can have amblyopia. That's not turned in and out, looking straight ahead, and unless you cover up one eye, and check each one individually, you have no way of knowing. But pediatricians now have gotten much better at detecting this, much better, and they even have computerized refractive uh, devices that can measure whether the eye is nearsighted, farness or has astigmatism. Your kids will get it first year of school but that's really too late it needs to be done before that if you have in your family amblyopia your kid should get checked before they're two years old most people don't even think about that their eyes look fine but you don't know it you have to test for it to be sure and um, going to see your eye doctor is the first step so if it runs in your family make sure you get your kid checked before two years old If you have no problems like that that run in the family and everything looks good, looks good to your pediatrician, you don't have to get them checked probably till they're going into their kindergarten first year because that's when they're going to start looking more in the distance and at the boards and things like that. Hope that helps.
1: Again, Dr. Craig McCabe with us this morning. Now, I've heard about some of those who have a traumatic brain injury. They may have a lazy eye of some sort afterwards. And I guess sometimes that problem can be corrected and are there other times where it can't be corrected
2: Wow, what a transition there (laughs) (laughs) So yes You can have other problems that can cause a lazy eye Later in your years you can have a stroke to your eye you can have a stroke to your optic nerve you can have a a stroke Uh, Anywhere along that pathway, the optic nerve inside the eye, uh, you can have uh, damage from trauma. You can have macular degeneration, bad diabetes, retinal detachments, infections in your eyes. All these things have the potential to cause vision loss. And if they do cause vision loss, then typically with time, unlike amblyopia which is due to blurriness during the developmental years what happens here is that the eye doesn't see well again the brain ignores it and it tends to drift outwards and people can have a strabismus surgery which is on the muscles of the eyes and bring it out straight to cosmetically correct it or they can have some changes in their glasses, which will also kind of cosmetically correct it. But um, the the main issue is to try to keep the eye seeing well as long as possible, and then that will happen naturally.
1: Again, Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us today. Text us your questions at 615-893-1450. And this text says, in the past, you've talked a lot about protecting your eyes. How important is it to wear things like sunglasses on a regular basis? And going back to the snow blindness issue, how bad for you is it when you take in too much sunlight into your eyes?
2: Well, you should never look at an eclipse. You should never look directly at the sun. Uh, You... um you know, it helps improve everything to wear sunglasses when it's bright outside. You get greater contrast. Now, this is assuming you don't have a cheap pair of sunglasses, but a decent pair with a quality lens. Then uh, you will see better, colors will be more saturated, the world's a more beautiful place. You'll get wrinkles less, you'll get those kind of crow's feet uh, less, uh, and you'll just be more comfortable with less eye strain. This is also a common problem that people can have on their computers all day. So eye strain is an issue in so many things now, especially because we're spending two to four times as much looking at video display screens than we used to 15 years ago.
1: Yeah, these days we're either looking at our phone or desktop or laptop computer, it seems like.
2: That's right. That's right. And uh, we do that. Uh, so much more now that near vision tasks are so much more important to us. You know what? Everybody makes their New Year's resolutions, right? They say, oh, I want to lose a few pounds. Me too. And they want to uh, try to be more active. But then let's, let's also be more active at getting the standard medical care that we should. I'm not talking about anything exceptional, but just getting your once-a-year physical done at your doctor's office. Get your eye exam done once a year. Make sure everything's good there, you know. And with all these things, make sure you're getting all your preventative health maintenance done. You know, you're seeing your dentist once a year, all these important things. You'll live longer, you'll live longer better, and you'll have less issues and less time at the doctor if you just do the standard maintenance just like you would do with your car
1: eyes are one of those things that i think people take for granted a lot of times until something goes wrong
2: absolutely there's nothing you don't use your eyes for nothing even in your sleep you're using your eyes when you're dreaming so use your eyes for everything it's your main source of determining your balance it's the main source of determining your performance at any job task. so see well see comfortably keep your eyes in great shape
1: when you're asleep and you go into that rim state where I guess often your eyes are moving back and forth with mm-hmm. your eyelids closed yeah um, how, how does that play out you know in, in the world of eyes I, I mean what's happening there
2: yeah it's very interesting <clears throat> there's a lot of work starting to go on now in sleep studies because 10 years ago well, there was hardly a sleep lab in the country uh, and now we've got sleep labs all over for sleep apnea, but they're also doing studies on sleep a lot more now. And we're learning that the REM stage of sleep, and what does REM stand for? I don't know. Rapid <laughs> eye movement. There we go. So that's when that eye shakes back and forth, and that's when you're dreaming. And, you know, your body needs relaxation, and those are for the deeper forms of sleep. But in the REM sleep, it's thought that because of the different alpha beta gamma waves going on in brain waves that you're actually hitting the empty trash button on your computer in your brain and you're getting rid of all the extraneous data that has come in through your eyes now we're bombarded I forget what it is like I don't know a thousand or ten thousand advertisements per day that we could care less about, but that our brain takes in just in a glance wherever we look. And if you don't get rid of that, you don't you run out of hard drive, you run out of RAM, and that's when you start to go crazy. People go crazy if they don't go through REM sleep at least once a week. So uh, it's very important. And for some reason, the eyes are involved in that as well. Uh, Otherwise they wouldn't be moving. That'd be worthless energy. And uh, no one really knows exactly what that is, but that's all in part of getting rid of the extraneous data. And you know, when you have a good night's sleep, you wake up refreshed, right? But if you don't go through REM sleep, no matter how many hours you slept, you do not feel refreshed. That was part of the problem with Michael Jackson and others that use these sleep aids is that those medications cut out the REM sleep cycle. Hmm. And you just have the shallow and deeper waves of sleep. So anyways, uh, your eyes are important for so many things. Take good care of them, get them checked on once a year.
1: You know, it it is fascinating to dive into these, you know, the the field of sleep and, and all that, especially when it does relate to the eyes in a lot of ways. And then talking about how people literally lose their mind when they don't have the proper amount of sleep over time. It's just wild how the body acts and reacts to things.
2: And it's not just the amount of time, but it's the quality. So you've got to go through so many minutes of REM sleep to not go crazy. You can sleep with the other ones. But like I say, these drugs, the propofol, like Michael Jackson was using these other things, they prevent you from going into REM sleep. And he could sleep eight, 10 hours a day and he got up feeling worse. And that's because he wasn't getting REM sleep. So not that this is a sleep study show, but it it is important and everybody try to do a little better on their sleep. And I think a lot of that is just trying to chill out a half an hour before you go to bed.
1: You know, that makes me wonder, all those sleep aid medications do they allow for that REM sleep i mean just regular sleep aid medications not talking about the stuff that some performers take that is actually used in surgery but just regular sleep aids
2: well i would say that uh if you're if you've got to take one because you've tried everything else which means you're in a quiet dark room without any video displays for a half hour uh, and you still can't get sleep um, there's something else going on, but you could try melatonin. That's probably one of the safest ones because your brain actually makes that as well.
1: Let's take a phone call here. Our number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. Good morning. You're on with Doctor McCabe. Hi, Doctor
3: McCabe.
1: This is
2: Judy. Hi, Miss Judy. How are you?
3: I'm great. I'm great. I've got the best eyesight in the world, thanks to you. Well,
2: that's so sweet. Tell us all about your vision. How was it? How was it before your surgery?
3: Uh, terrible. I couldn't see with my glasses. Without my glasses, everything was kind of dim. You know, I had I had a big struggle. I couldn't thread a needle. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to sew. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things I just quit doing. I quit reading because it was a struggle.
2: And so then you came in, we talked to you about having the cataracts, and that's what would get you back to the lifestyle that you wanted and what your choices were, and what did you decide on?
3: I decided on the multifocal lenses, and I'm so glad I did. I have lots of friends. My brother had recently had uh, you know, eye surgery as well. He didn't go for the multifocals, and he was wearing glasses still. Um, I love them. I can see good. I go outside all the time just to look around.
2: <laughs> and that's wonderful. <laughs> it's like the first pair of glasses you could see. You just want to look all around. And how about your sewing? Have you been able to get back to your sewing?
3: I can thread a needle Ooh. without glasses, you know, I, I just without a whole lot of light even, you know, before even with the brightest light, I still couldn't, you know, I struggled really hard to uh, thread a needle.
2: And, and that's awesome. And how was it to go through the cataract surgery?
3: Um, it was painless. It was uh, very easy. You know, I could see right away. Um, it was a little bit struggle between the first eye and the second eye because I just...
2: You didn't have both eyes done yet.
3: I didn't have both eyes done yet. But once I had the second eye done, it
2: was, it's great. Well, that is wonderful and it's great to hear that you've gotten back into life and doing the things that you like to do. And thank you so much for calling and hopefully that will encourage others to consider getting the cataract surgery. And that's one of the things that we are uh, trying to be experts at is getting people out of their glasses to see their best and to get back to doing the things that they love doing. So thank you so much for calling.
1: Again, Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us this morning. We're going to post this show in podcast form on our website in just a little while at wgnsradio.com. Dr. McCabe, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you, and to everyone that called in.
1: Time right now, 9 o'clock, you're listening to WGNS Murfreesboro.